Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. If tonight's movie night is just what you need, make it special with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Okay, so full disclosure, uh, I completely forgot that I did this conspiracy theory before. <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot and I've already talked to Desmond, but I will say that as a new father, I did revisit this, this conspiracy theory with a, a new, a new energy, a new, uh, sensitivity that I didn't have before. Before I didn't give a fuck if the babies that we were talking about were ugly or, or unattractive or whatever it was. But now I'm very sensitive to calling babies ugly, specifically calling my baby ugly. I will murder everyone you know. Okay. Motherfucking mini episode. Mini episode. Motherfucking mini episode. Yup, yup, yup. There it is. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another phenomenal mini episode of My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we dive deep deep into the pockets of black conspiracy theories and we finally work to prove the theories that you the listeners have at home it's a motherfucking mini episode you know how this shit works i'm not even gonna spend a bunch of time breaking it all down for you i don't have the energy frankly folks i don't have the energy to explain how this shit works yet again nor do i need to because you guys are my dear listeners my dear friends should i say your goddamn family to me that's what i always say my listeners are my family and like my family i will never contact you I want limited interaction with you, if at all possible, zero interaction. However, we are interacting today because today I received a wonderful, dare I say a a beautiful message from a person named Desmond. Desmond sent me a message and I'm going to play that message for you all now. Hi, Langston. 
Uh, growing up, I always heard that two ugly people make a pretty baby. Mm. Don't know if that's true, but that's what I heard. Well, Desmond, first and, and foremost, I want to thank you for keeping shit nice and tight. You know, no fluff, no calling me uh, a taint for some reason. So many of my fans seem to come on here and, and call me bitches and, and taints and tell me how how my skin disgusts them. And all of it is it's very hurtful and it, it eats at my soul softly but but eats all the same it nibbles on my soul but but desmond you came in and you just politely said your shit and then you moved on now your shit is very harmful desmond (laughs) a lot of people are probably going to be offended by that suggestion but it is something that i certainly heard a a colloquialism sort of a a old wives tale. i guess it's a, a type of old wives tale that i heard growing up and certainly a conspiracy theory that i thought was worth looking into that's so that's what i did desmond i think that's again i i didn't want to have to explain how these mini episodes work but that's pretty much the plan is is i look into this shit now it's hard right it's hard to look up two ugly people make a pretty baby because <laughs> it's not exactly rooted in a lot of science you know that's not a that's not something fauci is covering in his work or anything. There's, there aren't a lot of uh, traditional reports on this conversation, but what I instead started to look up is the relationship we as a society have to attractive and unattractive or less attractive people. Let's be careful with our words. Unattractive, it's all subjective. Whatever makes you hard and horny and, and makes some juice come out of your moose, hey, enjoy yourself. Don't let me stop you. This is not, I don't want to play the game of deciding who is pretty and who ain't. I got some stuff that I'm into that I, if I told you folks at home, I'd lose quite a few listeners. And hey, let me be safe. It's not kids. I don't want you fuckers. (laughs) I don't want you pieces of this shit doing something weird. And saying I'm I'm into the opposite of kids. Let me see. Let me see old people. Ah, I want to see elderly people pressing into each other. Those are that's where my porn searches live. You know. Anyway, it is an interesting subject, and it certainly fostered quite a bit of information. And it turns out that in the research I found, being attractive makes a massive difference in a person's life. That's not like a, a super revelation, but but I didn't expect there to be so much hard-formed research on the, the subject. Research shows that people who are perceived as quote-unquote attractive tend to have better jobs. They tend to make more money than their less attractive counterparts and are even punished less severely when they commit crimes. Basically, if you cute, the judge is like, get your cute ass out of here. I'm not, I'm not sending you to jail with you. God damn it. Look at you, prison bay. I want to let you bury a billionaire and take over H&M or whatever the fuck corporation. Top shop. <laughs> Did y'all know prison bay married the heir to top shop? I once went to Top Shop and saw Prison Bay in there. He had a personal shopper with him, and they were just walking around buying sexy clothes for Prison Bay. It was very exciting to watch. And I was, meanwhile, trying on pants that that I couldn't seem to make me look like Prison Bay, you know? Anyway, similarly, cute infants are often treated with more attention from adults, and research shows that these infants are even offered more care and time in soothing them when they're upset, even more fucked up. 
these differences, right? These differences in the way that we treat infants and our reactions to them. It's not just a, an issue of them being cute and less cute babies, right? And, and potential, these have larger, more lasting consequences for, for these babies. It's not just smile and winks from adults. From a Vox article I read, it says that babies with cleft lips and palates are more likely to have adverse outcomes in child development, including cognitive problems. And these problems can at least partly be attributed to early disruptions in mother-child interactions, specifically a lack of all-important maternal responsiveness, meaning it, that the the mother is less responsive because the child is less cute. That's crazy, right? Now, where this becomes complicated is because attractiveness is far less, as we were talking about, standardized than we would all like to believe, right? It, it would be easy if we could just all objectively say, this person looks good, this person doesn't. There is no objective categorization of beautiful or handsome, which is why we'll spend decades arguing about whether Pete Davidson is handsome or if he looks like if you left a, a piece of string cheese in the rain outside a Supreme store. You know, it's one or the other. He's either a beautiful man or he's he's moldy Supreme store string cheese. And it's hard to say. Some of us have differing opinions on the subject. Now, this subjectivity is made even more complicated by the fact that attractiveness also changes from generation to generation, right? The thing that made my parents horny is not necessarily going to be the thing that makes me horny or furthermore, the thing that makes my daughter horny, which is why every single singer from the 1970s looks like dirt dog shit to me, right? To us today, the, the goddamn four tops, I wish one of those tops was a brown paper bag. <laughs> Them niggas was ugly as fuck. Every single Ford top looked like shit. The Temptations were, were hideous. The, most of the Jackson 5, even even Michael, was, he, he had to work his way into to being a, attractive. And he only had a short window before he mutated into something ghoulish, you know, Spengooly style. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. 
Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Scientists have been looking, right? They've been, they've been searching. They've been digging deep and trying to find this quote-unquote attractive gene, a single gene that would, would sort of identify whether or not a person is meant to turn out attractive or not. And unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, it's hard to know, they have not yet found that gene. They have, however, some scientists at the University of Wisconsin-Madison have seemed to locate several correlating genes in people who have been identified as attractive by having participants rate the attractiveness of people in a group of yearbook photos. They were able to locate a handful of potential, let's call them bad bitch genes. Now, interestingly enough, they found that these bad bitch genes varied based on sex and gender of the participants. In men, the genes were correlated. Uh, oh, well, let's start with women, because this one, I think, is a little easier to understand. And women and by easier, please don't make this about my uh, stance on it. It's just more it's just simpler to understand because of the way society views these things. But in society, in women, the genes that they correlated with attractiveness, they found that these genes were correlated with body mass, meaning their weight and height, right? And in men, the genes were correlated with blood and cholesterol. Now, now, before you get all weird and hot being like, okay, so so it's just whether or not a woman is skinny or whether or not a man has has good thick blood. <laughs> I don't I don't that doesn't seem fair. The authors of this research found that blood cholesterol levels play a role in the synthesis of testosterone and other steroid hormones, which may explain why attractiveness scores were tied to the cholesterol gene, meaning that more likely a man is going to look, I guess, more traditionally uh, masculine based on whether or not he's got that good, thick cholesterol blood. I don't know how it all works. I'm not a scientist, you know, but, but that's what they say. Now, based off of this information, the fact that a woman with her genes and a man with with his, that this correlation could offer us potentially two unattractive people, at least, could potentially make 
a good looking baby. Oh, you don't have to be the most handsome man, but if you got some of that thick cholesterol blood and you mix that with a lady who's got a, a sweet, I guess, BMI or some shit, maybe their baby comes out hot, even though you two individually look like the four tops, you know? <laughs> One of you's the singer, one of you's the backup dancer, but you, you look like the fucking four tops. You know, you could potentially make a, a good looking baby. Now, here's some of the flaws in the research that they collected. The researchers do also acknowledge, and this is an important flaw, one that we talk about a lot on this podcast, and we need to keep talking about. The researchers also acknowledge the clear bias in their study. Uh-oh. You know when you hear bias, <laughs> it ain't never good for niggas. The clear bias that they found in mostly pulling their research from young white Midwestern folks. And these pieces of evidence might change with a different group, they say. I would also like to point out that not only is it biased for them to be young, not only is it biased for them to be white, but the Midwest ain't exactly the best place to be pulling for attractive people. Look, I'm from the Midwest. I love the Midwest. I'm very proud of my Midwestern roots. But goddamn, are Midwestern people rough to look at? <laughs> I made it to the coast and I was like, Golly, I could have gone to prom with with any of y'all. I didn't have to. I didn't have to settle into to the ghouls and goblins that I found myself hanging out with. And that's no shade to the the women that I was dating when I was in high school. I'm merely making jokes. This isn't a personal attack on you. However, if I made my choice now, you're absolutely right. I'd be dating in California way before I'd be dating in fucking Illinois. You know. Half the time, we don't even know if there's supposed to be an S pronounced on the end of our state. I'm not I'm not dating you uggos ever again. Anyway, <laughs> the researchers also talk about the external factors that make a major difference in a person's attractiveness. Now, this is this is interesting because they say that cleanliness, a person's health, their clothes, their money, their disposition all help to make a person who may not be objectively attractive seem a lot cuter, which then led me to a story. And this is a story that, that uh, in a weird way warmed my heart. It's a story about a woman named Lucy Bear who recently went viral for creating something called the Ugly Baby Challenge on TikTok. I kid you not. Basically, Lucy had a newborn child who came out, and I, I use this word cautiously, but but came out real fucked up, you know, in the face. Just, <laughs> ooh, tough to look at the baby. And I've seen, I saw pictures and, and, and all kinds of video, and ooh, that baby not good. Not a good looking baby, right? And Lucy, instead of hiding the baby, instead of making the baby sleep under the stairs like Harry Potter, Lucy said, no, she's not going to shame her baby. Instead, she she created something called the Ugly Baby Challenge, where she, she took pictures of the baby and video of the baby, and she put them on TikTok, and she said, look at my ugly baby. I love my ugly baby. I'm going to create pride for my ugly baby baby. And Lucy decided to flip this story and give her very hideous child 
something to laugh at, she says, with hopes that her child will grow up and feel a type of levity about her appearance. And I do think there is, in a weird way, a potential strength in that decision. Now, do do I see where this could backfire and this this child spends the rest of her life being associated with being the literal uh, poster child for, for fucking ugly babies everywhere? Absolutely. But I do think Lucy's heart it was in the right place. And it reminded me, in fact, of a very different story that I read about a man in China who sued his wife sued his wife because their baby came out ugly. And he said he didn't know where this ugly baby came from because he saw himself as an attractive person and his girl was an attractive person. And after the lawsuit, it became, I guess, exposed. His his wife then had to come forward. His baby moms had to come forward and admit that she had had plastic surgery to alter her appearance and that the ugly child... <laughs> That came out of that was a product of their their relationship looked more like what she used to look like rather than the person that she looks like now. And I would argue that that poor, ugly baby in China is going to have a much harder time than this other baby who's uh, basically been learned, uh, been trained from an early age to recognize their beauty as uh, or, or, or their looks as something comp- more complicated and interesting rather than something uh, worth calling the courts about, you know? <laughs> anyway, I don't know that I, I can really answer your question Exactly, Desmond. I, I I don't know that there is a, a real answer to your question. Do I think two attractive people can make an uh, or ugly people can make an attractive baby? Hell yeah. Me and my wife, I, I think we're both pretty attractive people. And when our baby came out, she was rough to look at. Truly did not. Oof. There were like nine medical professionals in the room. Not one of them was like, that's a cute baby. They, My baby looked like Thanos. It was weird. She was very purple and swollen and, and not, not cute. I think my wife and I are both in agreement. Not good to look at the first time. But after a few hours, the swelling stopped. She turned a normal color. And, and I'm a big fan of her face. I think she's a beautiful baby. I'm, I'm a real... This baby's a real goddamn winner in my book, but it's all subjective, right? Somebody might be looking at my baby's pictures and they might be like, that's a fucking ugly baby. And if they are feeling that way, I'll murder them and I'll murder everybody they're related to and everybody they know. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll blow up a goddamn building if you say something negative about my baby. That said, I understand that we live in a society that doesn't doesn't always agree on things. And maybe we just need to embrace that. And more importantly, wash your ass, put on some nice clothes, talk sweet to each other. And maybe it won't make a difference if you're ugly or not. Okay, I think I covered this subject pretty well. I think I knocked that bad boy out. Uh, If you want to send me your own theories about who's ugly and who's hot, I don't know. Let's turn this shit into the original uh, conception of Facebook, you know? Just rating people's attractiveness until we destroy uh, society. Anyway, if you want to send me your conspiracy theory, send them to mymamapod at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. And remember to subscribe and and say nice things about the podcast or terrible things. I'm open to either at this point. I'm, ah, I'm an open wound, baby. Go ahead, pour some salt in it. Who knows what's going to happen? 
Anyway, okay, I love you. Bye, bitch. Motherfucking mini episode. Mini episode. Motherfucking mini episode. Motherfucking mini episode. Mini episode. Motherfucking mini episode. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl, go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.